T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Here's what I will say, and this is very critical. seems very critical, but it's really the truth. Most defensive coaches, most, not all, have a hard time understanding that playing quarterback, when you take one in the first round, it's either going to work out for you or it might cause you to lose your job. Ah, yes. Is that what happened to Bill Belichick in New England? Certainly sounds like that's how Joe Dickinson feels. Yeah, I can confirm that. Mac Jones' personal throwing coach, going back to age 11, if I remember what he told Tommy Curran on the Patriots Talk podcast. And I wonder if the Patriots, or more specifically Gerard Mayo, have trepidation over doing it again. Are they afraid that if a defensive coach can't develop, bring along, nurture a young quarterback drafted highly, then Mayo could be out of a job and they have to start over again. If that's what they're worried about or what Mayo's worried about, I would tell the Patriots, that's why you don't hire a defensive coach. Is that part of why Bill's out of a job? Uh, We can get into that. Does Bill have an opportunity to get another job? Uh, Something we've discussed here today as well. Ben Johnson, the perceived favorite in Washington, out. Does that mean Bill Belichick has a chance to get a job this coaching cycle we'll discuss here on hour number three of Jones and Mego with Arcan 617-779-7937. Our discussion about roster building and Mac is at the center of it. And we'll play more from this character here, Joe Dickinson, Mac's personal throwing coach. He had some good stuff to say, some interesting stuff, including trade requests going back to Mac Jones's rookie year. Uh, also what they've been up to so far this offseason. So we'll play that for you throughout the hour. But That question at number three is a big one. And philosophically, I'm curious where the Patriots fan base is at. We've been talking to you about it all day. We've given our thoughts on it. But, Mego, I want to hear your answer again to our big question of the day. Up now, at Jones and Mego. What's the better way to build a team? The way the Chiefs did it, targeting a quarterback, going and getting him, or the way the Niners did it? Build up the roster. We can always find our quarterback another time. How should the Patriots do it? What other time? What other time? Where are you getting this quarterback? You tell me, if you if you have such conviction in Kirk Cousins at 35 coming off an Achilles injury, that's okay. That's your perspective. I don't agree with it. I think when you sit where you do in the draft, 
if you like these quarterbacks or if you like a particular quarterback, you go and get him. You target him and you start the rebuild there. It's going to take a couple years no matter what. Like, I really don't think that there's any magic wand that you can wave with free agency or going and getting a, a great wide receiver, but you can't just put off getting your next franchise quarterback because you don't want to go through the rebuild, and you also can't just pretend like the quarterback is an afterthought. Like, that's kind of what got you in trouble here in the first place, okay, was Bill Belichick having the belief that he could turn, or Josh McDaniels, whoever you want to hold accountable there, believing that they can take any quarterback, plug them into the talent around them and their system and however they judge it, and make them a top 15 quarterback. That's a good point. Thank it's you. like, how did they get here? Uh, haven't they got here because they thought they could just find their quarterback and plug it in and figure it out and really not have a plan? Like, it's one, it's one thing to me if you're saying, like Arkan has said, like, I, I don't like any of these top five quarterbacks. I don't like any of these quarterbacks that are projected to go in the first round, depending on whose mock draft you're looking at. Okay, like, you can talk to me about what you don't like about those quarterbacks, and I'll hear you out, and that can make a lot of sense. But if you're sitting there and you're saying, I'm taking the best possible player at the position, which is Marvin Harrison Jr., because I'm sure he is a can't-miss guy to hit in the draft. And I don't want to go through the risk of taking a quarterback in the first round and all the first-round quarterbacks who don't work out. Like, you don't know that he's – I keep beating this drum. And maybe he'll be the most incredible wide receiver of all time. And people will play this back to me if I'm lucky. Like – I, I just don't think that you can go into that way and just yada yada your way past the most important position in pro sports when you've been in a bad place with quarterbacks since Tom Brady walked out the door. Just real quick, Arkan, actually, because I want your thoughts on it, uh, and you continue to vote at Jones and Mego. Dial us up, 617-779-7937. I don't know if you've seen this, Arkan. Mego and I were talking about it in the last break. Um, Daniel Jeremiah, who I consider the best in the mock draft community because I think he's got real informed information from around the league. So whether or not these prospects work out and like his scouting, I don't know how much I trust, but like Intel within the league and rumors around the league, his mock draft tends to be very accurate because I think he talks to teams and understands what they're thinking and they might whiff on some of the picks, but it, it tends to reflect how the draft goes. Here's his top 50. And this is to Arkan's point. Caleb Williams won. I think a lot of people feel that way. I don't, but a lot of people do. Marvin Harrison, two. Roma Dunze, three. So that's another wide receiver before you get to Drake May, four, and Jaden Daniels, five. So Arkan, he's telling you, and I think you view it this way, although he sounds higher on those other quarterbacks than you do since he still has them in the top five. But he's telling you these receivers are better players. They're, They're a better talent. They might not be more valuable than a quarterback, but they're better talents or closer to a lock than Jaden Daniels and Drake May, who are a cut below Caleb Williams. Yeah, and I mean, really, if you break it down with the with the Chiefs and the way that they built the team and where they are right now, back in 2013 or whenever it was, they drafted Alex Smith first overall. Like, they they went for it. They went for it with their quarterback. Well, the, Chiefs, and, the Chiefs didn't take Smith first overall. Oh, it was the Niners. That's yeah. right. But then they ended up get, bringing him in there. No, and, and to, to your, the, Chiefs were, the Chiefs were good without – they weren't – a, a destitute franchise like the Patriots are now when Patrick Mahomes came in. That's right. totally right. And even when Smith got there, I mean, they still had some pit. They had Jamal Charles and, like, other guys like that. They didn't draft him. That's true. But they had some other guys there, and he was a 
big, you know, draft pedigree guy. And when they brought him in, he was okay. And then they brought in Hill and Kelsey, and they decided, you know what, we need to get go back into the quarterback market. And so they did. They went back into it with a lot of pieces already in place. The Niners, you know, they had pieces in place. They go to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. They get there a few years later with Mr. Irrelevant. Like, they have a team that if you put the quarterback there and he's able to run the offense, you can go really far. You can make deep runs with him. They haven't won it yet, and maybe that's the difference. Maybe you do need the guy, and it has to be someone special in order to actually get you over the hump. But, I mean, you know, Nick Foles might say otherwise, and uh, Joe Flacco might say otherwise, and some of these other quarterbacks who won it without being superstars. So Joe Flacco I, was a first-rounder. He was. He was a first-rounder, but it wasn't like he was considered a top you know, three quarterback in the league or even a top five the year he won. And I think that that sort of goes to show that – if you have a team in a situation like the Patriots are in right now where there's so much work to be done, I just think that you have to prioritize building it back up and having some sort of structure before you just drop a rookie quarterback into it and say, save us, rookie quarterback. I yeah. just think that's unfair. That, fine. It might be unfair, um, but that's how I would do it. And by the way, I don't know that I ever actually updated the the results. I don't think I did this earlier because we got sidetracked with some of the news out of Washington. Um, 64% say find the QB. And... I agree with that 64%. 36% say build it up like the Niners. And look, the Niners aren't a perfect example either. To your point, Arkan, the Chiefs, they had some infrastructure there and they dropped in Mahomes. And they were already pretty successful with Smith, but they went to another level and they've lost Tyreek Hill and Kelsey had an iffy year until the postseason and Mahomes still has them there. The Niners tried to go target Who their quarterback. They actually drafted Alex Smith, though. They actually <laughs> drafted Alex Smith, but they tried to target their quarterback. In Trey Lance, it didn't work, and their pivot was to Brock Purdy. So, and it didn't hurt them. No, no, it didn't hurt them at yeah. all. Uh, so, to me, I look. There are examples all day long on both sides of the coin, and I feel like we're now having a similar debate to: Can you play a rookie day one or can you not? There are examples of guys sitting and waiting. Mahomes is one. Aaron Rodgers is another. Jordan Love is another of guys who waited. But like you just brought up Flacco, that's a guy who played day one. I think made an AFC title game as a rookie, and so. We can come up with examples on both sides of the coin. There's no perfect way to do it. There's no guaranteed way to do it. But where the Patriots are at, to Mego's point, if you're not getting the quarterback now, when are you getting him? Where are you getting him? Who like and how are you getting him? Is it this year? Is it next year? Is it in three years? Because to me, I look at I look at Garrett Wilson. He's a waste without a quarterback on the Jets. Or like Drake London and Bijan Robin. Those guys are wastes without a quarterback. So like I'm sure Falcons fans are just sitting there going. Well, yeah, let's just plug in the quarterback. Do you have confidence they can do it? People like that Falcons roster. I like the Jets roster a lot if they can figure out the quarterback. They How tried they to look without Aaron Rodgers. They tried to with Rodgers. Yeah, so but let, I mean, Aaron Rodgers probably wouldn't have been so psyched to come there if Garrett Wilson wasn't there. Okay, but I'm saying let's let's see how it looks with Rodgers compared to no quarterback and there. And if you draft him, he doesn't have a choice. And maybe you try to get your quarterback, you drop him in on the roster. I was a big fan of what the Jets did with Rodgers, but like maybe you bring him in and he gets hurt right away. And now you do all this and, and it doesn't work out. So to me, I don't know when you're drafting three again. I get the quarterback now. That's what I do. What do you guys do? You can weigh in on the phones. You can vote at Jones and Mego. Real quick again, because I feel like it's worth freshening up. Arkin will have more details in trending. Ben Johnson is not the commander's pick, which Mego cares about. I think most Patriots fans don't. Do we think Bill Belichick has a chance to get his foot back in the door? And if there is an opportunity to do it, will Bill walk through it? Or is he embarrassed by what happened with Atlanta? Is he going to go work in media? Does he know he has no shot? I'm just curious because the Ben Johnson thing is weird. I, I don't think we know the answer. My guess is he's not choosing to stay in Detroit over being a head coach. 
So I don't know what it is. I'm not telling you I have he the answer. He got a whiff of something? Yeah. And maybe the whiff was Washington thought Bill was a done deal to Atlanta, and now he's available again. And you know what, Ben? We really like you, but we want to talk to Bill. And so will you wait? And he said, nope, I'm going back to Detroit. Like, something like that. I wonder. I wonder. I would think that would be a hard pivot at what seemed like the 11th hour. But at the same time, Washington is all over the freaking map right now. They're talking to Aaron Glenn. They're talking to Bobby Slowick. They're talking to to Dan Quinn. They're talking to old guys and young guys and defensive guys and offensive guys. I think Bill would have to lower himself to giving up personnel powers there because they just brought in Adam Peters from San Francisco. <laughs> they're not gonna they're not gonna say, oh, you know what, we paid all this money to Adam Peters, but Bill, we love what you've been doing recently. We think you're better at finding talent than San Francisco has been recently. Nobody's gonna say that. So for that reason, I don't think it's gonna be a match. But stranger things have happened. Okay. Like Shark Tank at the end there. And for those <laughs> reasons, yeah. I am out. For of those, those reasons, the commanders out. are out. But I don't know what the hell they're doing. I don't either. I don't either. You think Bill has any chance of getting hired this cycle? Uh, no. I think at this point the ship has sailed unless unless he really goes back hat in hand and says, you know what, he reads all the clippings and everything and decides, okay, if you want me as a coach, I'll come in and I'll just be the coach. I don't need to bring in my family. I don't have to bring in my people. I don't have to take over personnel control. I just want to coach. I just want to get the record. If he comes back to one of those two teams and says that, I'm watch. stupid. You're smart. <laughs> I was wrong. You were right. Even then, I don't know if Seattle would buy it because, you know, he's the same age as Pete Carroll, basically. But Washington might. Washington may say, okay, if you're willing to toe the line, and if you're not going to demand control of everything, then we'll give you a shot. But I don't see it happening. So you guys can jump in on Bill Belichick. Does he have a chance in Washington? How would you approach uh, building this team? You're very good looking. I'm not attractive. (laughs) I would agree. Uh, So would you build it like the Niners? Would you build it like the Chiefs? You can jump in or vote. Uh, in our big question of the day. Uh, we'll get back to your feedback here coming up. Our camp with all the latest in trending, and we'll play you more from Max Throwing Coach because it really, really is eye-opening in terms of how they felt coming out of Max' rookie year. Joe Dickinson, his throwing coach, going back to age 11 or whatever, talked to Tommy Curran. After Max' rookie year, what advice was he giving Mac Jones coming off a Pro Bowl, alternate Pro Bowl, but a Pro Bowl appearance? Uh, you'll hear that right after trending with our camp. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Jones and Mego. I never said I could take on a hippo. No, in fairness, you did. With our canned. You ever I, see a hippo with a watermelon? It's amazing. On Boston Sports Original. I wonder what Arkan just does with his time. I watch hippos eating watermelon. <laughs> W-E-E-I. I don't know why it didn't work. Maybe he just felt like that he wasn't his guy. And, you know, because, you know, most people don't know this. And after the first season and I saw that it, what, that it was really good for Mac and I saw that his coach was leaving and whatever, I advised Mac and his agent to go and ask for a trade hmm. because I didn't see that what he was sticking around him or whatever, the, the help or whatever. I, I just said, hey, I just think it would be better for you and – the Patriots, if they trade you, and that was going uh, into twenty-two. That was going into twenty-two because I felt like, hey, if you really want this guy to work, you're going to get some guys around him. You're going to you're going to put the right guys around him, helping him. And if you don't, just just this is really easy. Just trade him, get another guy. So I just want to be clear: what Joe Dickinson, Max throwing coach, personal throwing coach, who Mac has been working with. I think this week, certainly last week, like very recently. Last week, Mac posted on Instagram he was there. Oh, he did? Yes. I, I just heard in the interview uh, on the Patriots Talk podcast with Tommy Curran, they were throwing recently in Oklahoma or Texas or wherever Mac came and met him. So just understand, that was coming off Mac's rookie year. He was a Pro Bowl alternate, but a pretty good rookie year. Fell off a cliff at the end of the year. And one thing I'll credit this throwing coach a couple of different times. He's like, look, this is pretty good. Max rookie year wasn't great. He said that a couple of times, which I respected. And it's worth the listen if you want to check it out. Especially uh, if you like golf. Yeah, no, if you want, if you like golf references, oh my goodness. Uh, they, they are plentiful in this podcast. But Patriots Talk podcast with Tommy Curran, Joe Dickinson, Max personal throwing coach. He comes off his rookie year. He's given Patricia and Judge... No real upgrades in the passing game that offseason, meaning personnel-wise, unless you count Tyquan Thornton, which I don't. And his throwing coach says, well, yeah, go ask for a trade. And you feel like you're not valued. You feel like you're not getting the coaching you need, and you're surrounded, and it's a defensive coach who doesn't really know what he's doing. And I'm putting words now in the throwing coach's mouth because he's pretty complimentary to Bill in the full interview. But he refers to him as a defensive coach a bunch. And you got to put the right pieces around him. Later on, like a few moments after the clip we just played, he cited Troy Aikman. He, he worked with Troy at, at Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma. And yeah, he said Jimmy Johnson initially in Dallas didn't really know what to do with Troy Aikman. Then they got the right people around him, right pieces, right coaches, and he took off and he's in the Hall of Fame. If Mac Jones is Troy Aikman, I, I, I don't know. But that to me is... It's an example of how bad it got with Mac so quickly. 
is it's like he went from this kid who you thought might be a building block, and we asked all that year, is he the guy, is he not the guy, is he a guy you can build around, is he elevating the talent around him, or does he need talent around him, et cetera. It was like the circular argument. But pretty quickly, Mac was out. And I think that's part of the reason it got so bad so quick. Bill did not need to bring in a defensive coach and a special teams coach to work on offense. That's Bill's fault, and it's well-worn. But Mac never got on board, and he never gave it a shot, and the people around him never gave him a shot. His throwing coach was telling him to ask for a trade. Ask for a trade coming off his rookie year. And so to me, that was a big part of the problem with Mac. Did they properly vet him? Did they do their due diligence? Did they miss something? Or did they just say, well, you know what? He's the fifth quarterback in the draft. We'll we'll take him. So what exactly are you saying that they missed out on in diligence that they should have done? The same thing we talk about with Caleb Williams. I'm a little afraid of the parents' involvement. I'm a little afraid of what sort of advice he's getting. I'd say the same exact thing about Mac because it sounds like people after his rookie year were telling him, you're the next Troy Aikman. You're the next great thing. Go demand a trade. Well, but ultimately the advice wasn't wrong. Like, Mac was in a bad scenario for his sophomore I mean, season. I'm I not w- saying he's, I wish the Patriots listened. He didn't overcome it. He didn't even rise to the occasion. But it, it wasn't a good scenario for him. Like, he, he didn't have an offensive coordinator. Like, I still agree with that. Now, is My he advice a, would be, hey, Mac, why don't you give it a chance before you just quit? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have said, like, go demand a trade. You're coming off your rookie year. But I also don't think that, first of all, this is all hindsight, right? I, I mean, I believe that his throwing coach gave him that piece of advice at some point, like, at this time in 2022 in the calendar year. But at the same time, it's like, well, we were all sitting there at that time going, like, this is a totally crazy setup that Bill Belichick seems to be rolling out. Yeah. Like, I remember Phil Perry was talking to people, and he kept using the word flabbergasted. That people around the league were flabbergasted I think, that this is how they were going forward. I think Joe Dickinson said the league was laughing at them. I, I think at one point, if memory serves, they he said at one point. They certainly laughing at them at the draft. He said people were laughing at them. No, no, Sean McVay and Les Snead were laughing at them yes. at the draft, yes. But this approach. Openly. People are flabbergasted. And so, you know, to me, I, look, Bill Bill putting those guys around Mag didn't help anything. I, I acknowledge that. I've always acknowledged that. But Mac needs to wear his part of it, too. And when I say you need to properly vet these quarterbacks, this is the danger. Like, you need to understand what you're getting. I am not. tell. I like these quarterbacks. I like all three of them. I'm fine with any of the three. I have my priorities. I'd go May, then Williams, then Jaden Daniels. But I like all three. I'd be perfectly happy with Jaden Daniels at three. I would take him over some of the receivers in the draft. But that's me. If they don't believe in them, or they're scared off, or they see some things in the inner circle like Mac had, because I think Mac's camp was a problem. Parents, agent, friends, throwing coaches, I think it was a problem. And so that's part of what they have to do their due diligence with, with, with building the next phase. I mean, you got to be confident in that kid that he's going to work here, and he's going to work with the setup, because they weren't comfortable with the but bill setup. Just, honestly, like, what is the bigger problem? Is it that somebody who is thinking that they're doing the best by Mac by like propping him up and trying to trying to help his confidence by telling him like, oh, you can be a top 10 quarterback because it's a family member or a coach who's known him for 14 years. Is that the bigger issue or is the bigger issue that they put together a shim sham 
flim-flam offensive line yeah. for a pure pocket passer who has no mobility. Okay, fine. I just I very, Bill Cosby. I, right. I hate to keep bringing this up, but like it looked better when Zappi was in there this year yeah, and last Zappy year. Yeah, Zappi has better mobility in the pocket. Can okay. we say? And by well, the way, it looked like now. crap this year when Zappi was in too. It, it looked, looked bad no matter what. It looked better with Zappi than Matt. Like, yeah, I, I would better say, how? Like it still looked like ass. They won. They won the same amount of games and fewer times. He was more mobile. He made more plays. The offense looked better. They, it looked better. It was with still a bottom three offense okay. in the league with Bailey Zappi Jones. That's the point. Okay, but like the fact that we're even comparing him to some fourth round pick is a knock against Mac. And so this is what I'm saying. I I think that Mac's big head and his attitude was a massive, massive problem. A massive problem, and I've thought that for a long time. So how do, this is what I'm trying to compute here, like because because I am listening to him. I'm listen, I'm reading the reporting. How is like there are simultaneously a knock against you're saying Max Big Head because yeah. people in his camp are trying to prop him up. Yeah. But he's also struggling with a lack of confidence. And then we also saw in the report yesterday from Mark Daniels that guys within were saying. He's not really like a leader. He wants to be one of the guys. Like, how do how do those different things equate? It just sounds like I don't think it's that hard. I think that that those things are kind of contradictory. It's, he was he was lying to himself, and people were lying to him, and he's like, "Wow, I'm the next great thing," and then he wasn't, and he couldn't handle it. So it all fell apart, and it all fell apart quick. I, I don't see how that doesn't align. I have I have bad news for you, Jones. Yeah. If you think that there's going to be some quarterback out there that's worth drafting in the top five or top ten or whatever who doesn't have some NIL deal from college and doesn't have a whole team of people okay. handling him and are his they gonna, likeness Arkin. and his image and all that other stuff. Arkin. Are they going to be telling him to ask for a trade after year one? Yeah, probably. If it's Every a situation like this one here, no. I'm sure they're going to have a ton no. of people around. That's the way it works now, Jones. It is. Every quarterback has someone in their camp saying demand a trade after year one? Well, I don't know if that's specific thing is going to happen, okay, but yeah, hap- probably. Okay, happen with if, Mac. Yeah, I know what happened with Mac, because they brought in two defensive coordinators to be his offensive coordinator. If you think these guys are coming out of college and they don't have a whole team around them already telling them what to do and what things to do to make themselves look better, to get more followers and all this other stuff, Fine. you don't think they're going to tell them to demand trades? Of course they are. Okay, no. I don't think they're going to tell them I'm to demand sure trades. sure they will. I, d- I don't think that. If it's a situation like that every where Bill's qu- pulling some idiot move like this... Every quarterback comes in and, like, year one, they're like, mm, I want out. No, that's not no, every quarterback. Not every Everyone's in a crappy so situation. They, they all have people in their ear. They all have camps and, you know, agents and parents and friends and throwing coaches. They all have that. I'm not naive to that. I don't think they're all as bad as this one. Caleb Williams's might be. Like, I, I, that. that's my fear with someone like Caleb Williams. Sanders. Yeah, that's another one. He's not <laughs> yeah. in this draft. No, but I'm saying, like, this is, this is what happens now in college football. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. I don't think they're all this bad, and I don't think everybody's throwing coaches telling them to demand a trade after they make the Pro Bowl. Speaking of which, you see who was a Pro Bowl alternate today? Who? No. No Patriots. Uh, I know it 20, wasn't Patriots. 27 <laughs> names were added Bryce today. Bryce Berenger, maybe? And there were no Pro Bowlers from the Patriots. Uh, Gardner Minshew is now a Pro Bowler. Hey, hey, the shoe. So, like, let's let's be careful throwing around the Pro Bowl season which, for Mac what, Jones. Why are you talking against the shoe? It's the same exact thing. He's an alternate in the Pro Bowl. And yeah, I like, love shoe. I like Gardner Minshew, but what is he? High-level backup? Yeah. Low-level starter, high-level backup? The Snoop Huntley. Uh, situation and, all over Andy again. Dalton, Tyler, exactly. Yeah. And that's not what Mac is. Uh, 617 Mac started his whole year, to be fair. But yeah. Say it again? <laughs> Mac started his whole year when he and was And didn't the, have to uh, plug in. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Jacob is in Rhode Island. Go ahead, Jacob. Hey, doing good. Hey, Jacob. So, I think when you look at the Patriots draft stock right now, we have the third pick, right? Yes. And we're quarterback or we're looking wide receiver if you're going quarterback jones you've listed a couple i like where you're thinking in terms of the quarterback however if we do want to go for marvin harrison jr i don't think that's a bad idea and to prove that i think you look no further than the miami dolphins 
you take Tua, turn the ball over, and turn him <laughs> to a wild card game just by getting him a stud wide receiver. And I don't care if it's Mac, I don't care if it's Zappy, but if we can do that, if we can get either one of those guys a stud wide receiver, I think we can make some magic with this. Okay. I, I don't want to do it again with Mac or Zappy. Not when you have the number three pick. Arkan, let me bring this up to you uh, because I think you can read this one of two ways. Uh, going off the Daniel Jeremiah top 50, he has six quarterbacks in the top 50. He has eight tackles. He has 11 receivers. Mm-hmm. So so you are you don't love these quarterbacks, right? Nope. But what if I told you you could take a swing on one of those quarterbacks and come back at 35 or even move into the late first round and maybe still get a tackle or still get a receiver? Like... I don't think you're, if your fear is missing out on a tackle or a receiver, I think those guys are still going to be there well into the second round, maybe into the third round. That's now, fair. now they're I mean, not yeah. all going to hit. Not all 11 receivers in the top 50 are going to hit. And not all eight tackles are going to hit. And not all six quarterbacks are going to hit. Correct. But like you might, you might still be able to get a good player at 35 or trading back into the first round. Like I, I want to stay and pick the quarterback because I think you can find a receiver late first round, early second round, through the third, fourth, fifth round. Like Puka Nakua was one of the best receivers in the sport this year. He's a fifth round pick. And so I do think you can find those guys. And there are examples of quarterbacks, too. You gave them earlier. Yep. You can find quarterbacks late. I like Brock Purdy, last pick in the draft. But I do feel like quarterback's different. And while I'm there, I think you need to pick there. Yeah, and listen, if they hit on everything, if they you know go uh, offensive line with that second-round pick and a wide receiver in the third and they end up hitting on all these guys, then sure. But I'm just traumatized by the way the Patriots have drafted over the last five years. Like, they haven't hit on anything. They don't hit on offensive line. They don't okay, hit but, on wide receivers. But shouldn't we throw that out? It's different people, but is it really? I mean, it's yes. Grow and Wolf, and they're still here. You know, but, they're still doing but it. I'm not going to be inconsistent on this. Those guys are still here, and I wish they weren't, and I wish it was a complete regime change. But don't we think Bill was – just ignoring everything and just doing what he wanted on draft day? Well, reportedly, at least we know that was the case with Nikhil Harry. Right. And so, you know, the one I'm not sure about is the Mac pick. I don't put that fully on Bill. I think that was a lot on Bill. I think it was... Well, pick Tyquan Thornton. Yeah, no. See, this is... Well, you know what? I'm not sure Tyquan Thornton was Bill. But whatever. Largely, I think, I think Bill Belichick was coming in and picking those guys. So I'm willing to give Elliot Wolf and Matt Groh... I'm at least not going to hold the last 20 years of drafting against those Saying guys. Because like Bill likes a little more junk in the trunk. <laughs> Usually, that, I mean, carrying. Tyquan Thornton is not the kind of receiver they had typically drafted, so that's why I, I do wonder about that one. But I'm not going to hold the last 20 years against Matt Groh and Elliot Wolf. I don't. I don't love that those guys are there. I don't love that I think the Crafts are going to be very involved with personnel, but. I'm not going to say I'm not going to hold the Nikhil Harry pick against those guys because I think Bill did a lot of what he wanted to do at the draft. I think a lot came out after that about how they ended up with Nikhil Harry. That would show you that Bill kind of big footed that particular pick and said, this is the way we're going. Uh, But like, I I understand where you're coming from, Arkin, and I think that this is what how a lot of Patriots fans feel. So I, I don't begrudge them for saying like, hey, we haven't had a like even above average great wide receiver since Julian Edelman retired like in, in the COVID year. Like, and he was injured halfway through that. Like we are deprived of this. We need some serious skill players. We had the worst pass catching group in the entire league last year. Like we need help there. I just think that the quarterback position, I know the quarterback position is more valuable. And so you have to attack that. Yeah. And again, I just, how long do you want to wait for your rebuild? Like, let's say they hit on Marvin. Let's say they nail the Marvin Harrison pick. So what? Like, it's good to have a good player, but 
again, what what good is Garrett Wilson without a quarterback? Like, I'll just use that example in your own division. What what good is he? Like, is he a difference? He's not a difference maker. It's it's always good to have good players, and it's nice to have a guy who you think if you ever get the quarterback, he's in place. But how long are you waiting? And I don't want to wait two or three years. I think the Patriots can turn it around very, very quickly. They have to hit on the quarterback, but I think they can turn it around very quickly. Uh, Mike is in Malden. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, can we stop with all this apologists for Robert Kraft? Uh, first of all, who's kind of who's Mike? Business. Mike, who's apologizing? Just who are you addressing? No, no, no. Just in, in, in general, media narrative. Not not you, Mike King, my sweet friend, Adam <laughs> Jones. I think you are on the right side of history here. Thank you. Okay, good. Uh, what uh, I'm talking about. What a turnaround yeah. with this call. Okay, it's good. All, first of all, yeah. Let's let's pause for a moment. He's not a business genius. No, he just happened to marry a woman whose father owned the largest coordinated packaging provider in the world, and he maintained ownership of the largest coordinated packaging and, provider and in the Robert, world. And Robert's because, defa- Robert married into money, true, but 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 he expanded yeah, yeah. he expanded that portfolio quite a bit, but keep going, yep. Sure, okay, all right. So they're not going after young coordinators because Robert wants to be innovative and inject youth. No, they're going for young coordinators because they don't want to spend money on coordinators, and they want to get guys that can maintain leverage over moving forward. Okay, do you think they're... Do you think they're actually going after young coordinators outside the building? Like, I think Nick Cayley's going to be the guy, and I don't really know what they're doing with this search. I think they're talking to a lot of names. Maybe you'll get a stray idea here and there. I don't hate that they're interviewing a lot of people, but I don't think they're serious about bringing in one of these Shanahan guys or, like, Who's, Tanner Angst. Yeah, who's the dork in Detroit? What's his name again? He's not a dork. Yeah, he, is. he seems like a very cool guy with a mm, Viking name. Tanner Angstrom. Tanner Angstrom. Arkan, you were on my side with this. He sounds like a Viking. No. Well, the Angstrom does, but yeah, Tanner doesn't. Well, just call him Angstrom. <laughs> Hooper Humperdink. So I like. I just. I. I. All these guys they're talking to. Like, great. Pick their brains. Maybe get some ideas. What are trends in the league? But if you're just going to plug in Nick Haley, what was the point? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, don't waste either side's time. But if they were going to be trying to save money by going the young coordinator route, why don't they just hire Josh McDaniels? Somebody else is paying him. It's like their favorite thing to do. So maybe they will. Yeah, it's a good point. And maybe they will bring in Josh McDaniels, or maybe he's due for some sort of assistant, associate head coach role. I have no idea. Although maybe that's Steve Belichick, too, that we've also seen that reported. So I don't I don't mind they have a young coaching staff. Like, that bothers me zero. Mayo's age doesn't bother me or, or lack of experience as a head coach. That doesn't bother me. Same thing with DeMarcus Covington on defense. If he indeed officially gets the job, it sounds like he will. Same thing with Nick Cayley. Like, their age does not bother me. And their lack of, like, like the fact that Nick well, Cayley that's because we're, like, the young cool hip no, but, show in town. But it's just Nick Cayley hasn't called plays. Jelly spoons. None of that bothers me. <laughs> What bothers me is that they're all from inside the building. It doesn't feel like a real change. It's just all Bill retread. That's what bothers me. And if they would have brought in some hotshot offensive coordinator the same age from the McVay tree or Shanahan or even Gerard Angstrom. Johnson in Houston, nerd boy Engstrom, nerd, I would be much more interested in it. But the fact they're all in the building, that's what bothers me. I don't care that they're old, young. I don't care if they have experience or don't. That, that's my ultimate gripe. What bothers me is people propping up Nick Cayley for his gap year in L.A., like as if it's going to be anything more than somebody 
studying abroad in Barcelona and coming back and being like Barcelona. Right. <laughs> like, right. He was there for a year. Right. How much did it's he learn? It's actually pronounced how Melbourne. Much, like, yeah. how much is he taking on? Yeah. Come on, if you didn't like him a couple years ago when they elevated Patricia into that position and everyone said Nick Haley should have had that job as the tight ends coach, like, don't tell me you like it now because he spent one year on the right. beach. And and if Nick Haley were here, Mac totally would have worked out. What sucks the most about this, I think, is that offensive coordinator and GM were the two things we all thought were the most important you know got to get this right make sure that this happens and it seems like they're just sort of farting around with either who's there or well, you know a bunch of interviews and guys taking other jobs because they don't want to be here so they settle for Nick Cayley it just seems like it just seems like this isn't going this isn't going how I wanted it to no, go no, I guess but I, the point, I'm but. more okay with the offensive coordinator search than the GM search which is non-existent. Not a search, yeah. You know so like I, and I'm more okay with the offensive coordinator search than the Mayo search which also was non-existent and a done deal, and done a year to two years ago. So I like that they're actually interviewing people. I don't mean to knock them for it. I just, I wonder how open-minded they are going through the process. Or if it's just been Nick Cayley all along, or to Arkan's point, maybe they had other ideas, and they just got turned down left and right, and they're on their fourth or fifth choice, and that guy was Nick Cayley, who they knew was in their back pocket. Maybe it's that. I feel like, no offense, Arkan, I feel like it's less that because they have gotten 11 guys to come in and interview. Whether that some of that is Zoom interview, they have second interviews with these guys. Let me tell you, Luke Getzey's interviewing today. Is that right? Yes. What's that face? Was he getting a ton of other uh, calls to go interview? I mean, he's interviewing with the Saints, I believe, tomorrow is what Burt reported. When I asked Kern about Kaylee, he's like, no one else wants Nick Kaylee. No, (laughs) I don't don't think anybody else wants Nick Kaylee. But Luke Getzey, I think, is to answer your question, I think is getting other interviews. But like, he's going to New Orleans tomorrow. I don't think people are beating down the door for these guys. And all I know is, like, two games into the Bears' season last year, Justin Fields was calling out his coaches, which I don't defend. I don't defend when Mac Jones did it. But, like, now you're going to bring that guy in? Now that's that's Maybe the guy you're going to bring in? Because they're going to bring in Justin Fields. And I'll, I'll say this, right. Uh, this is what Brian said yesterday. Maybe it's, maybe it's just to get intel on Justin Fields. I would rather, despite him getting called out last year, I would rather him than Nick Cayley. And I would have rather just had... Just because he's been somewhere else? Yes. Yeah, purely that, yes. I say to you, Barcelona. <laughs> Melbourne, 617-779-7937. Let's get the triple play next. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's going to be a triple play. It's time for the triple play. Yes! Triple play! The top three burning questions of the day. And there's three. Jones and Mago. Triples is best. Triples is best. Me and your dad are old friends, and the 99 Restaurant now has early week supper specials. Bring the family and enjoy a delicious roast turkey dinner every Sunday, hearty meatloaf every Monday, and crispy spinach and artichoke chicken every Tuesday. You gotta love the nines. All right, Jones and Mego, it is an over-under Tuesday, so let's get to our first over-under. 
number one. All right, Mego, how many trades are the Celtics and Bruins combined going to make before the deadline? The over-under is three and a half trades for the two teams combined. I'm definitely taking the under on this with the Celtics. Um, I mean, there's really only so much you can do to shore up the bench. Trade exceptions count, by the way. Okay. I think that they, if they make a major move there, or I mean, I don't think they're going to make a major move to begin with. The roster's perfect. I'm not saying the roster's perfect. Nobody's roster is ever perfect. So the roster's not perfect. So the roster's not perfect. It's not perfect. I just don't think for what they have to send out to get back that they can really improve upon it in a meaningful way before the trade deadline. I think that if they do anything, it'll be on the buyout market, that they'll go and wait around after the fact. Um, And with the Bruins, the Bruins are just so uh, restricted by their cap that they're going to maybe send one or two guys out to get someone back. I think that would be the smart thing to do. They need more help on defense for sure. Um, So I would think that there would be more action on the Bruins, but even so, I can't see, like, four or five trades here. I'm worried neither team is going to do anything. Not a a single move? Yeah, I'm worried about that. And they should both be active. Uh, Three and a half trades. Like, they don't both need to make two trades each. Both teams should be making a move because their roster is not perfect. And you have a trade exception, and it evaporates, and it costs you nothing. So bring in a player for $6 or less. What's the harm in that? I don't get why you wouldn't do it. What else are you doing? I don't get it. Is the trade deadline next week, by the way, in the NBA? Yes. It's super close. I didn't realize that. So it's like eight days away. I think it's February 8th, eight, yeah. nine days. So, like, to me, the the Celtics absolutely should use one of those trade exceptions. They have two. The other one's very, very small. But NHL's March 8th. Okay, they should make a move. The Bruins better make a move, too. I don't care that they're hard capped. They have a bunch of pieces they can move, in my estimation. And you're right. They they need to send out cash to bring players back in. They don't have any creative bookkeeping like the NBA uh, with trade exceptions, they both should make moves. I'm look. I think it's definitely going to be under three and a half, and I'm afraid neither team's going to do anything, and they're just going to say we have enough. Or in the Bruins' case, it's not really our year anyway. We don't fully believe in it, so we're not going to make a move. And I would hate that. So I hope they're both active. They both should be active. I'm worried they won't be. Bruins made a bunch of trades last year and lost in the first round. So maybe this is the no, better it's, strategy. It's true, but is that a re- but is that a reason to not make moves? No. I like their approach. It didn't but work. It is the truth. I mean, I mean, I liked all those players. And what? What were they going to do with those first-round picks anyway? Probably whiff. They suck at drafting. And they have okay prospects even without uh, drafting well. So I, I hope they do that again. I'd make three trades again if I were the Bruins, but I don't think they will. All right, let's get to our second over-under. Number two. Jones, we'll start with you. What will you be watching more of this weekend? Pro Bowl weekend, over-under, NHL All-Star weekend. Which of those two things, if oh, at God. any, are you going to be watching more I mean, of? I the real answer is zero. But <laughs> if I'm going to watch one and I have to pick, Pro Bowl games. Like, the NHL All-Star game, the first year they did it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool. They go to divisions. They go to three-on-three. It was kind of interesting. It was different, and it was wide open, and you're like, wow, look at all the the the, the skill, the goal scoring. It was kind of cool. Maybe for like a year or two, that format, I feel like it's lost any buzz, any interest that it had, and I think they need to get rid of the dumb divisions. I wish they just went back to an East-West game and just played it like a traditional hockey game. I get why they don't do that in the Pro Bowl, but I'll still watch more of them playing dodgeball, <laughs> And flag football and whatever else. I misspoke earlier. I said Gardner Minshew is in the Pro Bowl. He's in the Pro Bowl games. Uh, There's a chance I watch that. There's zero chance I watch the NHL festivities because they stink. Now, I do like some of the fastest skater, hardest shot, all that stuff. But I I still think I'd watch more Pro Bowl than than anything else. I agree with you. I'm I'm just not going to. Pro Bowl games. I'm just not going to watch 
NHL All-Star Weekend unless it's uh, a Clockwork Orange situation. But the in terms of the NFL Pro like it just keeps getting worse. I don't know. Like, I'm starting to think that they should just absolutely do away with the Pro Bowl games the entire weekend. Like, who is it for? I don't know, but people watch it. Like, you ask who's it for, like, ratings-wise, it always does. You know who it's not for? Patriots fans. There's no (laughs) Patriots there. Nope, that's true. I mean, if we're asking the city of Boston, are you going to watch the Pro Bowl? The answer is probably no, because there's no Patriots, and at least the Bruins have Pasternak and Swayman there. So maybe the city of Boston will be watching the NHL All-Star I'd rather them, like, compete. And you remember on the challenge how they used to do the trivia yeah. Where they'd be like suspended, above, yeah, of course, suspended above water, yeah. and they had to answer basic trivia. Facts. Yeah, and they get launched into uh, you know a lake that's or an ocean or whatever. That's what they should do with the pro, but like they should do something that's actually entertaining, not like stupid dodgeball and stupid like hey, no, I agree. here's your accuracy contest. No, I agree. They should they should make the the Pro Bowl games. They should just make it the challenge, the challenge NFL, and that's what they should do. That'd be way better. And I they agree. should let them drink. They, they unlike s- the challenge now, which say sucks. It, now it's boring. They because stay in a house and get, drink. They only get two seltzers a night. You're wrong about that, but still, go. I mean, One you're right the, about you're right about the seltzers part, but you're wrong about the boring part. One yes. of the events in the Pro Bowl games is an actual closest to the pin golf uh, segment. They're actually going to be driving golf who balls. Who comes up with this? Closer to a pin. They're not even playing football. I mean, <laughs> who comes up with this? I, gar- I guarantee playing you, other sports. I guarantee this is you like more what people, people watch do that. Do when they're bored in an office. I guarantee you more people watch that than the, than the NHL All Star. Probably. All right. Here's our third over under. Number three. All right, Mega, what is the best trade offer that the Patriots will get for Mac Jones? I'll set the over-under at a six-and-a-half round pick, so you can't say six. It's got to be uh, over or under six-and-a-half rounds. Uh, what do you think they will get, if anything, Wait, from so Mac I Jones? Wait, so I can't say it's a sixth-round pick? Well, no, I don't want you to be able to push on saying it's a six, so it would have to be above or below six-and-a-half. Okay. What are you just squinting at? Just you answer you? the question. I, don't, um, I guess I think... I think they can still get above. I think they could get a fifth-round pick. I, I, are you saying that because of the comparison to the Sam Darnold trade? Well, no, I just said it like that because if you thought they could only get a sixth-round pick and then you just say, well, I think it's going to be a sixth-round pick and the over-under doesn't work, so that's why I made it six and a half. So I think that they could trade him to some different scenarios where he would be a high-end backup. Like if uh, I saw Karen Garigian write about this for Mass Live today, that a perfect spot would be if Minnesota re-signs Kirk Cousins as his as a free agent and then they bring in Mac as a backup that would be a good fit there and she throws out Atlanta Pittsburgh Green Bay LA Rams so I think that there are people out there who would give you something I don't think you would get nothing I think fifth round is maybe the best you could yeah I think you could do better than that really yes I mean look quarterback these quarterbacks always go for something they always go for something and other guys like what do you think the Jets are going to get something for Zach Wilson the Jets are not just going to release Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's been every bit the disaster of Mac Jones. With he didn't even have a good rookie year, and so all these quarterbacks go for something. I get. I would borderline guarantee they get better than a sixth round pick. They might get like a fourth or something like that. So the comparison I was talking about there was the Panthers gave the Jets a sixth round pick in 2021 plus a second and fourth round pick yeah. in 2022. That's a haul. That's an absolute haul they for Sam Darnold. They overpaid. Yeah, and so, but that happens all the time with these quarterbacks. What did Trey Lance just go for? A fourth? Uh, a, a fourth, fifth? yeah. Like, so, like, fourth round pick. Like the, Mac will go for less, um, uh, lower than a sixth-round pick, meaning closer to a, a first-rounder than a seventh-rounder. I, I think the Patriots will get something for him, which is why they better trade him and don't run it back with him next year and bring him back. They better trade him because I'd rather have the mid-round pick than have him as a cheap backup option poisoning the quarterback room. Am I, I can't remember who it was, but am I crazy or was there a report that they tried to trade him last offseason and there were no offers? 
Yeah, well, Tom, who, no, uh, no, it was Tommy Curran. And what Tommy Curran reported is that Bill Belichick did not present any offers to ownership. Okay. That doesn't mean he didn't get any, but he didn't he didn't find any intriguing enough to bring to ownership. So I don't I don't quite know that no teams made offers. Uh, but this was at the trade deadline this past year. No offers were presented to ownership, I believe is how Curran worded that, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Well, uh, so then, there you go. There you go. I look, I think they'll get something for him. I think that again, do you think the Jets will get nothing for Zach Wilson? Maybe they'll get a seventh. Okay, I think they'll get more than that. Seventh is brutal. Yeah, I mean, I'd Zach Wilson. I know. I'd I rather know. release He's him. Brutal. I would, but that's tough. If all you can get for Mac is a seventh, then I'd cut him. Like I like I would. Ra- I would. You'd uh, <laughs> rather se- get nothing. The seventh is insulting. The seventh <laughs> is insulting. But <laughs> this I, was our first round pick. I just. I bet. Uh, look, I was wrong about Bill. I thought Bill had a job lined up. So maybe I'll be wrong about Mac too. You could probably get like a fourth rounder for him. Like all these. These. Nobody <laughs> wants any Patriot ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, no one wants Brady. Fourth, no one wants Belichick. No one wants Mac. <laughs> I I would rather have a fourth rounder. Uh, than Mac Jones, but like a fourth rounder is still pretty valueless. I, I feel like they can get a fourth well, rounder. Well, and from also Mac. if the league has so little confidence in Bill Belichick right now and his evaluation of talent, maybe it's a tidy excuse to say, well, Bill really screwed up Mac Jones and we can fix him. That might be what the Patriots are saying. Yeah. I mean, look, that might be how they're shopping him. That's, I'm sure <laughs> if they get a hold of the throwing coach, I guarantee you that's what he's saying. It's, Six it's one, tough. It was tough for Brooks out there. 617-779-7937. Uh, let's get back to the Patriots, their offseason planning, uh, and where Bill Belichick fits into all of it. Where's he going to wind up? We can do that next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 